The Valley Virus Update with James Golding, keeping you informed throughout the crisis. Brought to you with the help of Binary Plus Training, where your first aid is our first priority. Find out more at www.binaryplustraining.co.uk. Good morning. It is Monday, the 20th of April. You're listening to the Valley Virus Update with me, James Golding, here on 104.7 Rossendale Radio. As you know, we record this show the night before, so for us, it's just coming up to quarter to nine on Sunday evening, but for you, it'll be just gone 10 o'clock on Monday morning. Why do we record this late at night? Well, we have to wait till after the Downing Street briefing, just in case anything massive comes out of that so that we can make sure we are as up-to-date as possible. Uh, Another reason why we do it is so that we can chat to important people who, during the working hours, have much better things to do than be on the other end of a line talking to me. And speaking of one of the important people who's doing really, really good work at the moment, we are joined this morning by Almas. Uh, Hello, Almas. How are you? Hi. Hi, James. Um, I'm fine, thank you. And thank you for your introduction. I'm so humbled. (laughs) Um, how are you i'm very well thank you so almas tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and why you're here with us today okay um hi good morning everybody um like uh, james has said uh, my name's almas um i'm the pharmacist in ronstall i'm the pcn uh, lead pharmacist for uh, rosendale west um yep and uh so i'm uh, at the moment, uh, working with all the pharmacies uh, to try and help um, yourselves. Uh, so basically, I've come, we've come uh, on to discuss that today, hopefully. Yep, and we will get on to what's happening at the moment in a little while. But before that, let's rewind slightly to before um, the COVID-19 outbreak happened. Um, I don't think everybody quite understands what a pharmacist actually is and what a pharmacist does. Um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions there. So what is a pharmacist? What did your job involve before the outbreak happened? So that's a really good question, James. Um, I think people think that uh, we take a big bottle, uh, measure out some tablets and put them in a little bottle and into a bag and you get that bag and off you go. It's not so simple. I wish it was so simple. It's not so simple. In reality, um, basically, prescriptions come to us uh, either electronically, which is like in in, uh, England, that's how they come. Um, uh, Or some some patients still have the green prescriptions or uh, like a dental prescription. So when the prescription um, arrives in store in in our chemist, we have to uh, look at the prescription, obviously, Um, look at the um, item, uh, look at whether we have it in stock or not. That's what the dispensers do. They then go on to, uh, if they have it in stock, for example, if you bring in a prescription for, um, or a script comes in for some amoxicillin, for example. That's an um, antibiotic, so, isn't it? Antibiotic, yeah. So uh, 21 amoxicillin, uh, 500, one, three times a day for Mr. I don't know, James Smith. What's your surname? Uh, Golding. 
<laughs> James Golding. Yeah. Um, so what the, what the dispenser will do is they'll go and check that we have the item in stock. If we don't have the item in stock, then we will go to the patient and we will say we don't have this item in stock. In the case of antibiotics, I would be urging the, script, uh, the patient to um, either uh, try another pharmacy or we would ring the other chemist to see where we could get it because it's something that needs to be started uh, very soon. Yeah. Um, so if we had it in stock, the, the uh, dispenser would uh, dispense it um, that goes through a lot of pr a process because obviously it needs labeling. Um, it, it needs, uh, they, they obviously need to physically take the box out and bring it to the um, front. It's labeled. The, the uh, patient information leaflet has to be printed if it's not there. Um, they have to produce um, some information if the patient has ever had it before, etc. This is all information for the final check when the pharmacist checks it. So all these things, all these things are happening behind the scene before even I see it, and me as a pharmacist. Yeah. Then it's ready for check, and then I'll say, Almas, check, please. I'm like, okay, I'm coming. And then I'll go and check the prescription. So I check the prescription, check it, look at the patient's age, you know, um, look at the uh, item that's there, look at the information that's been given to me by my dispenser, I even go on the computer sometimes uh, just to log in myself and check. You know, sometimes people are allergic to penicillin. Sometimes, you know, if, if it's a pregnant woman, um, you know, I need to check um, uh, what drugs, you know, what, what, if this drug is suitable. So we're looking out for interactions. We're doing the final clinical check before I actually even check that the item is the correct item. So I'm clinically checking it. Um, like you say, breastfeeding, um, a certain patient, there's interactions going on. Um, uh, if, you're, if you're on warfarin or if you're on sort of methotrexate and things like that, you need blood tests and things. So we're checking out for all these things. And then I do the final accuracy check, which we call it, which is making sure that what's in front of me is what it says on the script, amoxicillin, 500 and yes in my hand I've got amoxicillin 500 and um, I check the dose and everything let's say the, the, the doctor just gave seven capsules I'd bring the doctor and say why are you giving seven capsules of amoxicillin 500 you know we normally give five to seven days so basically we are then you know uh, having a dialogue with the GPs it could have been a mistake. It could have been, you know, an overseeing. Uh, 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 they pressed the wrong button if it's electronically. So there's lots of things going on behind the scenes that patients don't realize. Um, and we're making clinical decisions, clinical checks. Um, and then if I'm happy with it, I will put it in the bag myself. I'm signing the bag label when I'm, you know, uh, bagging it and the bag label goes on. And when I'm handing it out, we're checking with the patient. They're okay with penicillin finally if they're on high-risk medicines we ask them when was the last blood test you know if they were on warfarin i'll ask them for their their yellow book you know their INR books um uh, for their levels so we are doing lots of uh, counseling at that stage as well um we we we're actually visually uh, sort of uh, making sure the patient looks okay everything's fine um, and they can have the opportunity to ask questions at that point. 
and we're reinforcing, um, you know, dosage, etc. And then only when we're happy, we hand over the, the item physically and then the patient um, can assign the back or whatever and then they go. So it's like a really so, rigorous double check on what the GP or the dentist or whoever's written the prescription has done, isn't it? To make sure definitely. that that person is safe to take that medication and that it's the right medication for them. Definitely, yeah. And that's why, like I say, it's... Um, I mean, we go to university, like, you know, now, now it's a four-year course, you know, and then yep. you have to do one-year, all-year training. So um, it's not as simple as taking stuff out of one big jar and putting in a little jar and, and off we go. No, and, and that's why it takes time when you go to the pharmacy to collect medication, isn't it? Because you don't go Definitely. and give them a prescription and then just turn around and get a box off the shelf and hand it to you. That's why no. there's usually 10 minute wait or whatever, however long it is, depending on yeah. how complicated your prescription is. Um, yes, yeah. So I think that a lot of people aren't aware of all those extra checks and balances and things that you have to go through as a pharmacist. So I thought it would be useful for people to be aware of that, especially in the current climate. Yes. Now, yeah. Pharmacists do other stuff under normal circumstances as well, don't you? It's not just yeah. giving out medication that's written on prescriptions. What sort of other things do pharmacists do? So we um, obviously like we do like over the counter consultations. Um, we, uh, Patients come to us, you know, for um, sort of minor sort of um, ailments, if you will. So, for example, you know, somebody, a patient, like now we're going to hay fever season. Yeah. The patients will come and uh, we can give counseling and um, a consultation on hay fever. Uh, and then we can um, give them the, the options and then between us decide which one's the correct or the best one for them. Um, so we get. Uh, queries on all sorts of um, uh, minor sort of illnesses, if you will. You know, uh, we also do um, uh, services like, for example, the medicine use reviews. So we take in patients once a year. Every patient who's a regular patient of ours um, on uh, more than uh, uh, two items uh, on, a, on a monthly basis, they um, have a. a a review with us and we go through all the medication just checking in when with their last blood test last blood pressure check you know we check that they're having a healthy diet exercising whether they smoke or drink can we give them advice we'll ask them in detail about the medication whether they understand what they're taking some patients don't even know what they're having what they're taking yeah. what it's for do you know what i mean so and some patients like when i'm doing these reviews they're like oh you know i didn't I've stopped taking this. I'm like, you know, have you not let your doctor know why did you stop this? And so we, we do have lots of interventions at that point, you know, when we're doing these reviews and they're very, very useful for the patients, um, I think. Um, and, and I think the patients, because we spend that time with them and we, we build our rapport because it's coming in every month for their prescriptions. Yeah. So there is a really good sort of, there is that trust there and there is, um, you know, they feel that they can, they, a lot of times they tell me things and they won't, you know, tell their nurse or their GP. And, 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 and I'm like, I, I think I'm going to have to tell the GP, if you don't mind, and then explain why it's important that we get the GP involved. And then they say, yeah, okay, fine, you know. Yeah. So, so I, think, I think they find this a bit more approachable because they can just come in, not under normal circumstances, 
they can come in. They don't need an appointment to come and see us uh, as such. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's a, le- a, a less, because it can be quite scary going to the GP, can't it? You go into oh, that yeah. little consultation room and, and everything's very hospitally and clinically and it can be quite a disconcerting atmosphere, whereas going into the pharmacy, it's just like going into a shop really, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's got that different feel to it. Definitely, yeah. How have things changed since um, the outbreak began? What's the change to your work life now? Oh, there's been a massive change. Um, basically, I mean, we, first of all, from a staffing point of view, you know, uh, there's a lot of patient, uh, sorry, um, staff members who are, um, uh, come under the, you know, they're, they're shielding um, or they're um, in the high risk category. There's some who have gone off sick, you know, and they've had to the self-isolate. Yeah. So we've been managing on on less staff um, uh, across, you know, all, all pharmacies, um, all different companies, sort of. Uh, so bearing in mind that we've got the same patient number, we've got, you know, um, the workload is increasing, if anything, and we've got less staff, um, you know, to, to do the work. So that's been a big impact you know and then because the gp surgeries um are doing more telephone consultations etc so patients are coming more to us and they're you know we have to deal with so many more queries there's so many queries at the moment yeah um uh, because they can't actually go and speak to gps because they have to uh, have a telephone consultation or whatever um so so then they're coming to us then, or they're ringing us, our phones never stop, you know, and um, it's patients are, are worried, they're frustrated, they're scared. Uh, so we're having to deal with all this, you know, on the front line, we are actually dealing with it, you know, um, very much, I would say, on the front line. Is there um, a common theme at all to these questions and queries that are coming through? Is there something that everybody keeps asking again and again or is it general all over the place we get we get a very a variety of questions but a lot of people um, you know like um, when will my prescription be ready and yeah. uh, <laughs> you know. when it's ready <laughs> yeah or or because what we're doing is we send text messages you know we've told people please register for text so we yeah. can send a text and then they know it's ready you know and they'll still ring and they'll they, they say um, we've had a text. Is my prescription ready? I'm like, uh, well, what does the text say? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, and it says your prescription is ready to collect. You know, so it's and the best one is people ringing up and saying, "Is my prescription ready?" And then there's silence, and you're like, uh, "And your name is?" <laughs> <laughs> it might be, but I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't have like uh, such powers, you know. So it is. It's funny, so and it's cute, but um, you know, uh, some of them are worried because a lot of them, like the ones who are shielding, they mm. can't come out. So then, you know, we've we've got to arrange for deliveries for them. So we've had um, in Rosendale. Honestly, we are so fortunate because we've got this um, uh hub going at the moment you know this yes. called rosendale connected, rosendale connected yep. yeah just Which a bit is, i give um, the phone number out every day we'll be doing it again in a bit yeah <laughs> i know 
227016. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Rosendale connected. Um, this is uh, something that uh, Ken has set up. I mean, Ken, oh my word. I just, he's so inspiring, you know. I, Definitely. I, I have no words, you know, I'm really, really so impressed and he, he's just an amazing guy. You know, the way he's given up his time and what he's doing and how he's brought everything together. Um, and so we we are using um, the volunteers from Rosendale Connected. If anybody, you know, is listening and doesn't know, I mean, we can explain what Rosendale Connected is. Um, and they they've been really, really good because the volunteers are coming in to pick up prescriptions yeah. and, and, and to help you know, to make sure that the patients who are shielded have, um, you know, get their medication on time, etc. So um, that has really, really helped us, you know. Um, the thing that has changed is that we, like I said, we have, um, we can't, uh, obviously because of the um, social distancing, etc. and to protect us as well, um, we have PPE, so we, we're trying to protect ourselves um, so that we can come to work and we can, you know, be there and serve our patients. So there's a, like most of us have only allowing two patients in at a time. Yep. Um, and then so then and then outside people are queuing and it has to be social distancing, etc. So I do appreciate that, as I explained to you earlier, the process that we go through. If you can imagine this process, it's going, we're going through it, but under such stressful situations. Um, and then obviously the patients are having to wait more because this, the workload is higher. You know, um, the, staff load, uh, the staff is, uh, staffing level is less. And it's generally, it's, it's a very difficult time for everybody, for the patients, you know, for, for, um, for us, you know, for, for everybody. So... And, and we are basically trying our level best. We are working so hard, you know. Um, the staff are amazing, you know, what, uh, the dedication and, and the resilience. And, you know, they, they, you know, they're just getting on with it and just head down and they're doing their best. And um, uh, the only issue that I would say now at this, on this point is that we, we are having some patients, not very many, but there are some patients who are, not being patient, you know, they're not, they're getting frustrated out there because they say, you know, I, I just want to ask this. And then when they come in, you know, if the prescription's not ready or whatever, then, you know, then people are getting irate or they're um, getting upset or frustrated and in some rare cases abusive. And I don't think that's very fair. You know, we are trying our best, you know. Um, it, that's one of the reasons I wanted you to outline just how involved the process of dispensing medication is, uh, because yeah. it took seven people back in a queue. I think it's important that people understand why there's going to be such a wait for you to get from seven yeah. to the first, because there's that yeah. really in-depth process that has to go on for every single person to make sure that every single person is safe. Definitely. And I think it's really important that people understand the process that you go through. Definitely. No, no, I think, I mean, I would just say to patients that, you know, just be, just be patient and be more understanding. And, and, and you know, I, I mean, I, I, I find it quite bizarre because they're quite happy to wait, you know, like 48 hours, you know, 
um, for a prescription to be generated sometime, you know, if they're waiting at a GP surgery and, and they're waiting for an appointment, in, uh, normally I'm talking mm. about, they, you know, if, if, if the appointment was at 3 p.m. and, and the, the doctor's running late, I'm not, I don't see people kicking off then, you know. Yeah. Um, or the dentist is late or whatever. But their prescription, they come in and they'll be like, my prescription's not ready. I'm like, well, we've just received it now, you know. Um, you, you know, I, I've explained to you the process and they're like, you know, they expect it to be ready yesterday, basically, you know, and you're thinking, you know, uh, it's very frustrating for us sometimes. And, you think, and, and then when they start all this arguing or whatever, which you, you're, you're just wasting your, uh, your time, my time, because I'd rather be getting on with the prescription than yeah. standing here justifying why we have to, you know, yeah. you have to wait. Because you know? even after so, you've had that conversation, you've still got to jump through all those hoops then, haven't you, before they can exactly. get the medication anyway. So all they're exactly. doing is putting so, it down for themselves. They're just delaying it and, and just wasting time, you know. Um, and then adding stress onto us, you know, we don't need any more stress. You no, know, you're, fact, you're doing you know, enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, the NHS, everybody's doing their bit, you know, and not just the NHS. I mean, I mean, you know, like, even like when I'm going to my local Asda Tesco or my local, you know, everybody's doing their bit. Yeah. So we all need to support each other, you know, at this uh, very trying time. Um, well, the but, the general feeling on the Thursday at eight o'clock thing has shifted, hasn't it? Originally, the first one was just for NHS workers, and that's yeah. changed slightly now, isn't it? And now we're saying thank you to all of our key workers, aren't we? Definitely, I agree with that. You know, I mean, even <clears throat> somebody would point, somebody said, like, even like the, the people who come, you know, the bin men. Yeah. What an important job that is. I mean, if definitely if your bin doesn't get collected you know, one week, you know, how much, you know, there's going to be just rubbish lying everywhere, yeah. you know. Can you imagine six there's weeks without so... the bins being emptied? It'd be horrific. Exactly, exactly. So I think people really need to just just stop and think, really, you know, that, you know, there's, mm. there's so many things that are happening behind the scenes that they don't, and then it's only when, you, when that thing doesn't happen that you'll realise how important those things, little things were. So, you know, just just appreciate all the little things and appreciate what people are trying to do we're all we're all in it together we're all struggling we're all working hard and trying our best and a lot of people need to just realize that you know and understand so you did mention a few minutes ago about collecting prescriptions for someone else you've got volunteers who come in and as part of the Rossendale Connected scheme, will come and collect prescriptions yeah. for somebody else. If you're asked to collect yeah. a prescription for somebody else, what do you actually do? How do you do that? So if somebody, like, for example, the volunteers, they know they, they go through some sort of induction yeah. um, on, on what's necessary. So if somebody came in on behalf of somebody else to pick up a prescription, um, uh, we normally ask, like... Uh, the per- obviously, they have to give the person's name. Yeah. Uh, so, example, if they come in to pick your prescription, so they'd say James Golding, and then we'd ask, what's the address, please? And then yeah. we, they have to have your address. So we, we get the address and we ask for the postcode as well. Yeah. And I, I'm normally asking um, volunteers, I'm fed that back to Ken, to tell uh, the volunteers to also ask the um, patients how many items they're expecting. 
Yeah. You know, so that at least then, you know, if they were expecting like four items and we've got four items in the bag on the prescription with the four items, then at least, you know, then the, the patient we know is getting the, the right medication, you know, the right amount of medicines as well. There's nothing missed off or anything, you know. Yeah. Um, because if you appreciate, we, we don't generate the prescriptions. We just uh, print them off, but they're sent by the GPs. Yeah. So sometimes maybe one is missed off or whatever. So I'd rather get it dealt with there and then. And then, you know, like, um, so that we know that um, the patient's happy and they've got all the medication when, when, they get the, when they do receive their medicines. And would this be the same process if, say, you were just helping out your next door neighbour? You weren't one of the Rosendale yeah. Connected volunteers. You were just helping Doris, let's call her Doris, who lives next door. The lady who lives, lives next door to me is not called Doris. She yeah. gets a different name every day when I use her as an example. <laughs> uh, the lady who lives, lives next door to me, let's say, for example, she's called Doris. And yeah. I, I needed to go and get her medication tomorrow for, from my local pharmacy. I'd need yeah. her name, her address, including her postcode, and yeah. I need to know how many items I was collecting on her behalf. And that's all I'd need. Yeah. Isn't it? That's all you need. I mean, it's useful if you had the uh, date of birth as well, but that's yeah. not necessary. It's, it's when people like, if they don't know the address properly or whatever, then I'll, I'll be like, oh, do you know the date of birth? Or, you know, yeah. so, um, uh, but if you've got the, the address, postcode, and roughly, you know, how many, how many items do they expect? We, you know, then I think we would do, we're, you know, on the right track with that. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, let's have a, a chat now about um, Alma as a person. So almost as a person um, and your actual, how are you dealing with this? <laughs> Pharmacy so hat my, off. <laughs> Pharmacy hat off. I think my way of dealing with it is, um, I think I just, I just, just, dive completely into um uh working so when i'm basically i know i've taken on extra hours and i'm take covering sickness etc yeah. um uh, so basically i i'm i'm just a, i've just gone into it and i'm just i'm just doing it. i'm not thinking you know i'm just doing it doing it doing it um and then i come home obviously uh, my children are at home so um straight away basically just shower make sure you know everything's in the wash straight away because i'm trying to make sure that you know i'm i, I don't want to expose them to anything you know i've got to be yeah. mindful of that as well um so all all that's done and dusted and then like this afternoon um i, I did a live cookery session <laughs> oh brilliant so that was that was quite amusing um if anyone's up for some it was quite funny actually so um uh, I, I love to cook anyway, so that, that was one of the things uh, I did. So, yeah, I do that. And then I, I do enjoy working, like, you know, we have these Thursday um, conference calls and things like that. Yeah. It's nice to feel, because you feel like part of the community, and I just feel like I've like met so many people through this. It's it's just amazing, you know, how, and I think we're really blessed in, in Rosendale. We have such a lovely, you know, strong community and uh, you know everybody's looking out for you know each other like yesterday when i went with my daughter for a walk in round rottenstall and we went all the way into haslingdon and everybody was like social distancing was there and there was it was just so nice and then walking by past you know lots of the the, the front you know the windows had yeah. these 
rainbows and all. It was really touching, you know, and it was such a nice walk. We did about six kilometers. So it was so nice, um, relaxing and, you know, nice to spend time with the, with the kids as well. Um, and, so are uh, your kids... Yeah, it was... Are your kids being schooled at home at the moment or are they working or I don't know how old your children are? Um, my daughter is uh, Isa, she's 22 and she's right. actually an optometrist. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, she's an optom- qualified optometrist. So she's on call, um, but she's at home at the moment because yeah. the optometrists um, have been were sent home. Yeah. Um, and uh, my son, uh, Mohammed Hussain, he's 21 and he's home from university. He's in his third year um, medical degree. Um, he's studying to be uh, a doctor. So he's, he's, at the moment he's studying. He's studying really hard because he's got exams, uh, online exams. So Sounds like looking after people's um, family business in your house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So we've got an optician, we've got a doctor and a pharmacist. Well, you're fine. So, and my sister... in your eyes, aren't you? There's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you can be your eyes or you, well, anything. You'll be fine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've got a sister-in-law in Kenya who's a dentist, so we're all sorted. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned you like to cook a lot. What's your speciality dish? Um, I like to make biryani. Yeah. So uh, it's one of my favorite things to make. Um, I make it a lot for work and uh, they love it, especially, um, I, I love my work, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned my, my workmates. Oh, I love them so much. Um, and uh, they like the way I say chicken. So chicken biryani. <laughs> <laughs> chicken biryani is a favorite for the girls, you know. Um, and uh, I can make pakoras last week for the for a cookery lesson on live cookery session. Oh, so I, I like took those. them some in, yeah, cookery. So yeah, koras, um, uh, chicken biryani, and do biryanis. And I love cooking. I just love cooking. And I, I don't just make curries and things. I like to experiment. So I make Mexican, I make Thai food, I make Chinese food, I make lots of Arab food. I've got lovely Arab friends. Um, and, and so I've learned lots of, and every time I go abroad, I, I go and have a cookery lesson oh, in, in brilliant. the country. Because I, I think you, you really can connect then with the um, culture and the people. And so when we went to Bali, we had a cookery lesson there. We went to the fish market at like 6 a.m. It was brilliant. And um, in Jordan and in Morocco and, you know, um, we've, we've, we've done some really nice, great cookery sessions with um, with the locals it's amazing it's really good it's so relaxing therapeutic yeah it's, it sounds like a, a really good way to spend your time yeah there's, there's something very powerful about food isn't there it's it's a real together kind of thing that comes from food definitely yeah I was just it's... looking on my desk to see if I could I was talking to um uh, an, an Egyptian gentleman the other day and he gave me a recipe for something and I can't remember where I've put it. I was going to recommend it for you, but I can't remember where I've put it. I will oh, find I out. Uh, <laughs> I will let you know. I'm always looking for new recipes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm always open to, to trying new things. Yeah. So you mentioned um, your um, sister is a dentist out in Kenya. 
My um, sister-in-law. Sister-in-law, sorry. You mentioned to me yeah. before we um, came on air that you're, you've got a lot of family out in Kenya at the moment. Yes, um, yes, I have. How, how are things over there at the moment? Things are um, difficult at the moment. I mean, they have a, a lockdown, like in Nairobi, they're, they're not allowed to leave Nairobi and people are not allowed to come into Nairobi. Yeah. And I think Mombasa, and uh, so it's not a total lockdown, but there is like the, these cities have been sort of locked down, but it, they can go out sort of uh, in Nairobi. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, but you can't leave Nairobi. Yeah. So for us, it would be like, you can't go out of Rosendale. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's like all that right. I can deal thing. with that. I like Rosendale. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, that's the thing. But then, so, so like, the thing is, it's, it's difficult there because um, the total lockdown, because if they had, as you can appreciate, you know, there's a lot of poverty there in Kenya and, yes. um, and in, in a lot of these African countries and mm. it, uh, like India and you know in the Pakistan some of the uh, it's it's uh, Bangladesh and all this there's a lot of poverty as well and people go out to earn money on a daily basis you know and and they if they can't go out to to earn money and, and bring money home for their children or their food uh, money to buy food or whatever then if they don't die of the virus they'll die of hunger it's really a sad situation it really is yeah it must know? be really difficult for um people living in that sort of climate it, it, it is it is it is it's worrying as well because you know i i i'm i am really worried i'm very worried and um i mean thankfully you know my family are fine and you know they're um uh, at home at the moment my I think my brothers are going to, to work, but they, you know, my mom's been at home and schools are closed. And so my nieces and nephews are at home. Um, but um, they don't know, you know, we don't know. Because the thing is, they don't have the, you know, the testing uh, kits and they, yeah. it's, I don't know. I, I really don't know, you know. I, I don't know when I'll be able to go because obviously, I want to go see my family, see my mom, you know, I miss them a lot. And, you know, I mean, I was just there in January this year. I went and I met my brother, Abid, my youngest brother. He's a diver and I'm, I'm a diver now as well. So we went on a diving holiday to Mombasa and uh, we did diving for three days. So that was really, really good. So lovely, lo lovely water out there. I, I went diving in Mombasa oh. once. It's absolutely lovely. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh. re really nice out there. Really nice. I know. So, are you a diver? No, I went on a package thing where they taught you to dive at the same time as going. I, I did it once, and I, I didn't. All right. I, I, okay. I enjoyed it. Not enough to do it anymore. <laughs> All right. I've actually done my open water now, so um, I'm qualified now to go diving. Oh, that must be so, really good. Uh, oh, it's amazing. In fact, the first thing I want to do is uh, go, on a, go, go diving. Uh, I, we did some in, um, in uh, Sham and in uh, Aqaba, in jo off Jordan. Yeah. Uh, I just can't wait to dive again. Yeah, there's a big difference between being away from your family 
and not being able to go and see them. That's, that's a, psychologically, that's a big difference. My parents yes. are out in Ireland. They live out in Ireland. And yes. normally, it's fine. I know they're over in Ireland. If I wanted to go and see them, I could do. But yeah. when you can't go there, I mean, you can't go and see them, psychologically, it, it's a bit different, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Because I, w- I had a week off in March. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just before, yeah. Uh, I was supposed to have a week off and uh, I was thinking, because I normally just, I just, because it's going, for me, it's going home. There. I've got clothes there and everything. I just need to just get on a plane. You know, that's all yeah. I need to do. So, but with all this, then I got called into work. So, um, and there was no way I would, you know, be able to go. So, yeah. um uh, it is. It is. It's scary because I just, I just. Want, I mean, it's it's such a lovely country as well, and you know, I just want to go. I miss them a lot. Yeah. Well, let's not end on a a, a downer. <laughs> let's <laughs> uh, just wrap it all up nicely now, almost. Um, let's give you this chance now to give your words of wisdom to the valley. So you you've got as much time as you like. What <laughs> words of wisdom would you give to the people of the valley as your goodbye during this um, current climate? I'd say to everyone... Um, it always puts... Try and understand. Try and understand that, you know, we're all doing our best. We're all in it together. Um, just be patient, you know, with... Um, with with your with your GPs, with your pharmacists, with your nurses, with your um, uh, when you go to Tesco, your shopping Tesco or Asda or wherever you go, you know, be patient with the people who are there at work, who are putting their life at risk to go out to work, so that you can you know have your food or your medicines or your health checks or whatever. Um, these people are not at home. These people are out there at work, you know, uh, putting their lives out for you. So be mindful of that and, you know, um, you, should, you should really be grateful to all these wonderful people out there. Um, this is Rosendale Connected. Hats off to them, you know, uh, uh, Ken. So we are a really good community. We've got a good setup. We are lucky here in the Valley. So all we're asking people to do is to be patient, to stay at home, you know, to, to do what we're, we're asking you to do, what the government is asking you to do, you know, the, the guidance wash your hands, um, you know, the social distancing. If you're going out for, you know, exercise, make sure it's, you know, exercise and you're not going to meet your friends in the park. Just, just, you know, this thing is, it's not a joke. It's real, it's real. And it's, you know, the longer we um, don't follow the guidance, the longer we're going to have to, you know, uh, be in the lockdown, etc. So, all I'd say to people is just be mindful and be patient and, and do your bit. And thank you to all the patients who come in and, you know, so many patients come in and say thank you to us. And, you know, we've had such lovely uh, chocolates and I'm not, uh, you know, saying, suggesting people should bring them in, but it's <laughs> such a sweet gesture, you know, um, it just, it just keeps us going, you know, I mean, well, probably end up being, God knows what size after this, but <laughs> just people, you know, just showing that they they care and that they appreciate our work, um, and you know, really, I think if if everybody is mindful of um, 
and stops and reflects and thinks about um, what that everybody is trying their best, you know. And one other thing I will, will say, which I think I forgot to mention earlier is, you know, for the people who are shielded, you know, uh, shielding or whatever, please, you know, just reach out to them, reach out to your neighbors, reach out to your friends, obviously by phone or whatever, you know, or send them an email if, uh, if they can access emails or WhatsApps or whatever, you know. So look after your neighbors, look after your, your friends um, uh, virtually or however you can reach out to them. Uh, if we all look out for each other, then you know, um, and we're we're got such we're so lucky in the valley, and and for the shielded patients or patients who are um, scared to go to the GP, you know, if you if you have any symptoms that, as per normal, you can ring your GP. You can um, uh, don't please you know suffer in silence. Um, you know, if you're having like angina pains, please ring 999. You know, if, you, if you're worried, um, don't, don't be scared to go to hospital. Don't, you know, and I think people should realize that, you know, things aren't, if, you, if you're feeling or you're worried about something, if you have a lump or something and you're worried, um, please ring your GP uh, or ring, you ring me. You know, we, we are here to help you. You know, we, don't suffer if you think you're having a stroke. You know, you remember the fast if they ask, you know, just remember you need to call 999. So everything's normal the way, you know, the healthcare works. Uh, please um, don't be scared. And if you're not sure, um, you can always ring the non-urgent number 111 um, uh, for advice, help and advice. And uh, we're all here to help you. And if there's anything I can do um, as your uh, local pharmacist, um, Please get in touch. I'm happy to help you. Just want everyone to be safe, and we'll get through this. We'll get through it together. I'm certain we'll all get through. Um, Wonderful. And on the note of if you do need some help, I'm going to give you a quick reminder about the details of Rossendale Connected. They can help you with things such as food parcels, food delivery, collecting prescriptions, some contacts, some support, some help with shopping. They may not help you directly, but they will at least send you to the right person who can. They're available seven days a week from 9am till 5pm. You can give them a call on 01706 227016. That's 01706 227016. You can email them help at rossendaleconnected.org that's help at rossendaleconnected.org or you can find them on Facebook by typing Rossendale Connected into the search bar at the top of Facebook you can send them a message via social media they get them that way as well well thank you ever so much Almas for joining us this morning it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much James uh, thank you for uh, inviting me to the show and uh, I hope it's been useful for uh, somebody anybody. Well, well it has for me anyway because I now know what to do with getting my dad's prescriptions so you've at least helped me if not anybody else <laughs> oh thank you that's brilliant Thanks. thank you ever so much yeah. and a quick reminder that a podcast version of this program and all the previous programs is available by visiting podcast.binaryplustraining.co.uk thank you ever so much for joining us on Valley Virus Update and we will be back tomorrow That was the Valley Virus Update brought to you by James Golding and Binary Plus Training. Music, a very Brady special by Kevin McLeod, available from incomputech.com.